United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explores podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Good day. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. My name is Nelson Strobert, and today my guest is the Reverend Dr. James Cobb, retired pastor of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and um, and the uh, Lutheran Church in America. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. Thank you. Right, and I want to congratulate you because um, you're celebrating 50 years in ordained ministry. That's that's kind of a milestone on the calendar. Yes, indeed. Feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, well, to begin our conversation, I know that you've served uh, parish pa- uh, parishes, and for our listening audience, could you share uh, the parishes that you served and were called to, and perhaps the uniqueness that you found when you reflect on those years with them, the uniqueness of each of those parishes. Thank you, Nelson. I uh, served first out of seminary at St. Martin, Annapolis, Maryland, and it was a uh, a little over a year. That was probably um, the most difficult in a way because after I got there, I found out the pastor, senior pastor, did not want an assistant pastor. Oh, my. Uh, he, he, had written, he had written three different job descriptions, including a uh, lay assistant to the pastor. So it was more fostered uh, upon him by the church council. So that was kind of a rocky start. And it was, it was tough to uh, endure that because my big assignment was locking up the church in the evening. <laughs> so so uh, it's, it hadn't all been fun and, and good kinds of things. But anyway, I knew the church and uh, I knew people in it. So my next call was to go to my home uh, Senate, Fredericksburg, Virginia, Christ Lutheran Church. And that was a seven year tenure at a boom time because that uh, congregation is on the southern extreme edge where so many commuters live for Washington, D.C. Oh, really? It, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those times when when uh, just growth was was just happening. We were receiving people from all over the nation who would find uh, a little better housing uh, in Fredericksburg than they would in the metro D.C. area. <laughs> right. So I was there and uh, went through the doctor ministry program during those years back to Gettysburg and Philadelphia seminaries. Then I received a call to Grand Rapids, Michigan, Trinity. That ended up being the largest uh, parish I served. It had about 2,000 members. And I went in there at age 33 and had uh, a lot to learn. It was a wonderful parish. They were... uh, uh, a parish that had relocated from Center City, Grand Rapids, out to a 20-acre plot of ground and built this magnificent building, and uh, were ready for all sorts of uh, uh, ministry, particularly with the uh, resettlement of refugees from both Vietnam and Cambodia. Oh, my. And, and it was just, just a wonderful parish. And uh, from there, I was called back to Virginia, First Lutheran Church in Norfolk, uh, Virginia, where we now live in retirement. That was my longest tenure, was 12 years. And uh, it was exciting because it was uh, 
kind of fed by both a core of tenured members, but also by uh, naval people who came into Norfolk, left, and often would come back. So it was a uh, a very fine parish of about 800 baptized, and and uh, it was it was awarded in, by the Lilly Foundation in the year 2000 as one of the 300 most excellent Protestant parishes in the U.S. It was uh, just a wonderful congregation. Yeah. So uh, then, yeah. Oh, then I, was, I was about to say that yep. uh, with uh, with that type of recognition, uh, that also said that uh, you were working a lot in that parish too. Well, Judy and I were both uh, on staff, and and so much is attributed to her abilities. Um, she she just uh, had a tremendous youth group and Christian Ed program, and those things just. Uh, or part of the part of the energy of the parish. Okay. She has that kind of talent, and uh, a lot of that is ascribed to her abilities. And then I kept getting this call from the seminary to come back to staff and uh, and work in admissions, try to upbuild the enrollment, and uh, work closely with Nancy Gable. That's right. I remember a, those years. Yeah, yeah. tremendous, tremendous colleague and. We uh, we got around to uh, churchwide camps and and many of the uh, Lutheran uh, colleges in in the country and we did see an upswing of what we call pipeliners those who go directly from college into seminary because the seminary was existing I think with an enrollment that always uh, had the second career people coming in mostly so right. we, gave, we gave a lot of attention to younger enrollees and and that really spiked in some of those years uh from uh 99 to 2006 it was a wonderful time to return to seminary and participate in some of that growth and then we were called together to be co-pastors at ascension in towson maryland north of baltimore and uh, that was actually interesting because that was Judy's home parish. That's right. And and that was that was kind of unique. Uh, people did not remember her so much because it was 40, 40 years later. <laughs> right. But they did, they did remember her parents. Her dad was financial secretary often, and her mother was the first uh, woman council president for that parish. And uh, it, it had a wonderful attitude or uh, multiple kinds of ministries. Uh, so those those are the parishes capsuled quickly, Nelson. We, we've enjoyed all of them. Uh, after that little bit of a rocky, rocky start, right. Indeed. everything else was just so encouraging and full of energy. Uh, and uh, you mentioned um, uh, Judy Cobb, who's also ordained. Uh, and I'd like to ask you, um, how significant was that partnership in ministry? Uh, uh, working, uh, uh, did you always work together uh, as co-pastors, or uh, had you been in separate congregations and then decided to uh, to work together? Um, could you share some of that? Yeah, she was uh, not originally ordained. She um, had an MAR degree and. Uh, was on staff for a while in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in Christian Ed and, and Youth Ministry. And then uh, coming to Norfolk, they extended that call to her after I'd been here about a year. And so it was a partnership from that time on. And, and First Norfolk encouraged her to return. And 
and complete requirements for ordination. So she was ordained at First Norfolk in 1997. We did not always serve together. We've had different calls at different times. But uh, when we've been together, it's it's just been, uh, I, I think, complementary strengths. Um, okay. And, and that's that sense of having gone to the same seminary, really sharing closely uh, our, our common view of theology and parish ministry, and it's been a, a strength, I think. Oh, that, that, that's good to hear. Uh, uh, I, <clears throat> I, I often wonder about these, uh, the uh, spou- two, you know, the spouses working together and how uh, they might, may or may not complement each other. And, uh, yeah, they, they may not, yeah. Right, and right. It's that, so this is a good story to hear and, and to share. Uh, but in the midst of being a, a parish pastor, uh, which is work in itself, uh, you uh, have written, I believe, at three books in terms of parish ministry and ministry in general. Well, yeah, there's a few more uh, that I that they might not know about. One, the first one was here in Norfolk, and it was a publication of a book. Uh, of sermons called Sermonic City Sidewalks. Oh no, I, I yeah, yeah. that one I don't recognize. Yeah. Encouraged by uh, parishioners, and then there was one uh, a chancel drama called Reformation's Rib, and that's about uh, dialogue between Katie and Martin Luther. It's a pl- uh, brief play that can be used even in a sermon slot, and a lot of uh, parishes around the country would write me a note and say they just put on this. It's about a 30-minute uh, narrator, Martin and Katie. That's kind of fun. The uh, the books you're talking about, three, uh, New Pastor, New Parish, actually came when I was at Gettysburg Seminary staff when I got a call in June from a recent grad. And the recent grad spoke to me like this. She said, I've unpacked my books. I'm uh, in my new, new parish. Now what do I do? Ah. And I kind of chuckled because, you know, you you have field work, you have an internship. And then I realized this wasn't a joke. This was a a question. Yeah, genuine concern. Yeah. Yeah. So taking that at at its face value, I I wrote a book about, you know, entry into a parish. So that's the origin of that book. Uh, Lutheran DNA, a study of the Augsburg Confession, was a sabbatical project when I got to go to uh, Oxford for part of a summer and uh, especially got into the basement of Bodleian Library in Oxford and concentrated on uh, some research and then tried to bring this kind of up-to-date in parish things because all of our parishes have our confessional document. We agree to the, the Oxford Confession. But nobody knows what it is. So. That's, that's so true. <laughs> the book has all 28 articles and four questions at the end of each of the articles uh, for group discussion. So that, that was that one. And then the last uh, one was called Cross Connections, and I did that just after retiring and moving back here to Norfolk. And it has kind of a combo of a couple things. One is a little biographical thing about how, how so many cross connections have been made through the church with people. And um, then the other was to go back to all of these parishes and tell humor stories 
things that were really funny. The church is a funny place. Indeed. And uh, the people, the people who read that book, Cross Connections, uh, one one just told me recently she had called, been called up to jury duty, and because she knew it would be a two or three hour wait, she began to read this and was just laughing about some of the humor things in the book as people would look at her and say, what is she doing? <laughs> that was, that's, that's been the fun. Those three, three uh, special parish books have been really interesting. Um, uh, you know, and with all the, you know, uh, the time that one spends in the parish, uh, I, I still wonder what prompted you to, to want to engage in this type of, of work, you know, writing. Well, I'm I'm a little more introverted than extroverted, so um, I tend I tend to think out loud uh, in more of an interior way. I I just uh, have always been more of a reader, okay. especially Luther kinds of things, and uh, I think being introverted just lent lent itself to me wanting to put things down on paper. That's that's the quick dirty answer, but. Uh, I like to write, and uh, some of that's been helpful for me. I'm kind of writing for myself, mostly. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad that you uh, were able to accomplish for yourself, but I think uh, it has been really important for, for people in the parish, and that's been a significant contribution to uh, parish life within, the Lutheran, within Lutheran churches, but within churches in general. Hope so, Nelson. That was that was the idea. <laughs> right. Good. 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 But I, I want to push you a little further because I know, in addition to being the parish pastor, in addition to writing, being a the pastor scholar, uh, you've also been involved in the church outside of the parish arena, uh, in various and in, in various areas of ministry uh, beyond uh, your own church. Could you share some of those uh, involvements? Yes, Nelson. I think it started when uh, you and I, being in the same seminary class, were fortunate to have two uh, uh, beyond the, the U.S. boundaries uh, internships. Uh, you to the oh. Virgin Islands, which I always admire and, and think about, and me to Tokyo. That's uh, right. I, right. I, I put I put down uh, my preference would have been New England because I'd never been in that part of the country. So I got Tokyo. <laughs> so, so, of course, <laughs> right, of course. But that that international uh, experience just broadens a view of the church to become a kind of a global thing. And I guess I guess uh, along the way, uh, as the ELCA formed in 1987, um, I was elected to church council national church council and the first group of us served uh two-year terms but then we were eligible for a six-year term so it actually went from 87 to 95 um so we served eight eight years um and that that was at the very beginning and that that's such a broad look at the church and its needs and its mission oh indeed and then uh, to be an ecumenical visitor in 1995 to go to Strasbourg and Geneva and Rome and Istanbul and London was, was an amazing thing. I took a sabbatical to become part of that team of uh, ELCA visitation teams to those capitals. Well, uh, did you visit, did you visit uh, uh, mission sites, uh, uh, ministry sites uh, during that 
tour? Well, it was mostly with the heads of those different places. We had a, a long visit with Pope John Paul II and then uh, uh, Patriarch Bartimaeus in, in Istanbul of the Orthodox Church. And uh, it was it was kind of a prelude to some of the uh, work being done to produce documents that then you were instrumental in, like with the justification oh, uh, yes. that, that was ratified between the Roman Catholics and the Lutherans. And then in 97, uh, I was an ELCA delegate to Hong Kong for the uh, Lutheran World Federation Assembly. And that was that was uh, an eye opener as to our international global churches around the world. Uh, I remember the debate there on human rights. Uh, It was a document that was proposed and the uh, Hong Kong uh, Lutheran Church asked that we not not that at that assembly because they were in a fragile relationship. We were the first international uh, group to go in just after Hong Kong's reversion to mainland China. Oh my! And and then we had the German the Germans speaking up and saying we would never be silent ever again on human rights. So that debate played out and and brought that entire global uh, question you know in, into focus. So. Those those exposures to me just were amazing uh, moments while still being grounded in parish ministry. Right. Okay. Um, uh, very often, um, I th- I think uh, people don't understand or or uh, uh, well, yeah, cannot understand the reasons for pastors uh, abandoning them. Uh, or I I put that in quotes uh, to go and do such service for the church. Uh, what do you see as the importance of such uh, of, of, of of such ministry for the parish pastor and for the congregation? Well, part of it comes back to a sense of having a, a two pronged ordination understanding. We are ordained uh, with the congregation giving us the call to serve as a pastor, but we're also ordained into the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. So we have these 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 two entities, mm-hmm. and both both feed back and forth one to the other. Uh, the congregation needs to know what the wider vision of the church is, the global impact, and the global uh, church needs to stay grounded in the ministry of the congregation. Okay, that's uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, <clears throat> As uh, as I, I began the program, I said uh, congratulations on 50 years of ministry. Um, as you think about those 50 years, uh, how do you think ministry, particularly word and sacrament ministry or word and service ministry, how have they changed, do you think? Oh, Nelson, that's a great question. Uh, and I think different people would have different answers. I think uh, parish visitation has changed. Um, we used to have a, a lot of parish visitation in parishioner homes. I don't see that happening so much anymore because of schedules and, and just a reluctance to meet that way. Uh, social mini- social media has had a huge impact Um and, and I don't know where that's going. When we had the pandemic, almost every church had to go to some kind of a YouTube uh, broadcast of, exactly. of worship. And uh, we're still not recovered from that. We still have what I call a pajama church, uh, a segment of people who haven't returned yet. 
but social media is just an interesting piece. I think Lutherans, I think we've had an identity loss in some ways. Um, could you I, share? I know, yeah, I, could you but, elaborate on that? Yeah. Well, seminary changes, for one thing. Uh, we seem to be going more and more into an on, online uh, coursework kind of emphasis when the seminary uh, used to be able to be a community unto itself. I, I just feel, feel like I was formed by the communal life that was on a campus and, and the worship and the getting to know professors on a, on a friendly basis where they really paid attention to you and had those interactions face to face. I don't know what staying online will do eventually as it tilts toward, uh, it's just a course that you take. It's not a communal involvement necessarily. Right. Uh, and I think that has to do with some identity loss uh, for for Lutherans. And yeah, it certainly it like, certainly is different than you know, when we were no, went through seminary, yeah, uh, yeah. where where we would uh, have discussions, uh, post class discussions in the coffee shop, coffee shop, absolutely, or in our dorm rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I don't know I don't know what that long term consequence or trajectory will be for the church. I'm concerned about it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and now that you are retired, um, how have you spent your time from full-time parish ministry? I think we've uh, gotten closer to our two adult uh, sons. One is an attorney in Washington, D.C., and one is a nurse in Baltimore. And uh, we've we've stayed in touch more than we probably could have uh, in their first years out at the college and, and their vocations. Uh, Judy's done four interims since retirement. I've done five. Um, they've each been unique and, and have really been just a joy. I, I just enjoy uh, doing some interims or some supply preaching. Uh, we've we've been more in a servant role in the congregation where we've returned. We we work on uh, homeless feeding dinners on uh, Tuesday nights from our parish, and we're working with refugees, Afghan refugees, right now. We've had certainly a long history of that from Vietnam in the seventies, right. Cambodia to to what's going on now, and we're so appreciative of our Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service Agency in Baltimore. So that's occupying a lot of our time. We've also traveled, and I try to play golf a couple times a week, so keep a balance of uh, going to the gym three days a week, playing some, and staying hopefully in pretty good health as we approach older age. Yeah, indeed. Well, that says that there uh, – that there's life after full-time ministry, but in fact, you continue. Ministry never ends. Uh, That's true. Yep. And That's uh, right. well, I am delighted uh, to have this conversation with you. But also, uh, again, congratulations on 50 years of your involvement in uh, the church, not only locally, uh, but nationally and internationally. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you, Nelson. Uh, it was good to be classmates with you and, and uh, see your continuing ministry, especially as you form students at uh, the seminary as a professor. We've always enjoyed knowing what you do and 
how you do it. <laughs> Very good. Well, my guest today has been the, Re the Reverend Dr. James Cobb, retired pastor of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and we have been in t t discussing and, uh, and con uh, talking about his 50 years in, uh, in ordained ministry. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.